Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. We've been in 1 John for quite a while, so hopefully you guys are familiar with it. You've got a bookmarked and are ready to go. Uh, <clears throat> we're finishing up chapter 3. We're, over, we're on the decline of our study. So we've been studying uh, the letters of John, and we've been in 1 John for quite some time. And we're, we crossed the halfway point now. We're finishing up the, the latter half of the letter in this, in this uh, series. We want to think about uh, knowing God. We want to think about loving God, living faithfully, living in truth, living in obedience uh, to God. And, and so, again, just as a reminder, John wrote this letter to the church, to some believers who were dealing with the situation in the church. So there were some people in chapter 2, verse 19, that were leaving the faith. They were leaving the fellowship and proving that they really didn't belong to God in the first place. And they were believing in some deficient views of Jesus. They were believing some things of, about Jesus that were not true. Um, and we, so we, John is writing to these believers, he wrote to these believers to encourage them to address this issue that was going on in the church and to encourage them in, in what they had known from the beginning. We've seen that quite a few times from the beginning, uh, just to encourage them about the truth of Jesus and, and to give them assurance of their faith in Christ, to give them assurance of what, of what they are believing in. By this we know, by this we know, by this we know. This is a phrase that's repeated throughout the book of John, First John. Uh, to just show that we as believers can have assurance of who Jesus is. We as believers can have assurance of our, sal- of our salvation, of our faith in Christ, because of who Jesus is. And so tonight we're going to be talking about, uh, continuing on, talking about loving one another. So just some marks of a true Christian. We're going to look at uh, three things about Christian love that should define us as Christians. So let, let me pray for us as we begin to read the text, and then we'll read and, and discuss it. So pray with me. Fathers, we open your word now, God, what a privilege it is to have your word. God, we realize there are people in this world who do not have your word, who have no access to your word. God, there are people, groups who do not have access to your word in their own language. And so, God, they must know a different language in order to read your word. And God, so we just we we're thankful that you have given us English translations of the Bible so that we may read it and know it so we can know who you are. We can know who we are. We can know how we are to respond to you and, and live for you, God. So, God, I pray tonight as we, as we read your word, God, you give us eyes to see your word clearly. You give us ears to hear it, to, to hear what you're saying. God, you would give us minds that would comprehend your word, that would understand your truths, what we're supposed to do. And, God, give us hearts that would receive your word like good soil. That your word would take root in our hearts, that it would produce much fruit, it would grow, it would mature us in Christ's likeness, it would mature us in our faith. Give us hearts that would respond to you in obedience, not just hearing and studying and and coming and and participating, but God, living these things out. God, as as we study your word, we want it to affect our whole being. We want it to affect our whole lives, transform us to live for you. And so, God, that's our prayer tonight. God, as as we study your word, Lord, may you be glorified. May our hearts be challenged. May you transform us to be more like Christ. And we ask all of this in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Read with me. 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, <clears throat> that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. 
We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in him, in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the spirit whom he has given us. Three things that we see from this text about some, some markers of true Christians. And all of these things have to do with love. All these things have to do with love. First, true Christians love one another. True Christians love one another. Right at the beginning in verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Look back with me at chapter 2, verse 7. Look right back with me in chapter 2, verse 7. Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. And what was this commandment? We see it. We talked about several weeks ago. Loving one another. The command is, as a Christian, just, just from the very beginning of, of being a Christian, you know what? You know you're supposed to love other people, right? You know you're supposed to show the love of God. You're supposed to love other people. That's not a new thing. So me telling you love people, John telling these believers to love people, it's nothing new. It's a commandment that's from the beginning. We, we know we are to love one another. Jesus in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 says, A new command I give you. It's an old one, but it's a new one. A new command I give you, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And by this, by your love for one another, the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So we see this command of, of loving one another. True Christians love one another. Love proves conversion. It proves that you are converted. Now, if you love people, you don't earn salvation. So there are non-Christians who love people, right? But loving one another, loving brothers, loving your brothers and sisters in Christ, loving the body of Christ, loving, and I'm not talking about a superficial kind of love. I'm talking about a deep, genuine, sincere love for one another proves that you're a Christian because the Holy Spirit of God abides in you and produces love. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Joy, peace, patience. You can go to the rest of them, but fruit of the Spirit is love. So as a Christian, the Spirit of God abides in you and produces within you a supernatural love for people that only comes from God. All right? So it, we don't earn conversion by loving people. Some people think if I'm nice to people, if I love people, if I'm a good person, you know, yeah, God will save me. I'm, I'm saved. I'm a Christian, right? No, no. We, now, we are, do these things because 
we are saved. Because we love God and God loves us. And therefore we love other people. So we see this verse 11, just this new command or this, this commandment that was from the beginning about loving other people. And in verse 12, John looks all the way back to Genesis chapter 4. You guys are familiar with Genesis chapter 4, right? Cain and Abel. What happened? What happened there? What did Cain do to Abel, his brother? He killed him, right? Why did he kill him? The what? Jealousy. Jealousy, yeah. Yeah. John, John reminds us, right? John reminds us of this. Look at, look at verse 12. After saying we should love one another, he says we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. So Cain, he killed his brother out of hate. He did not have love for his brother. Now be mindful of this. Cain, he wasn't... Sometimes when we think of of not loving people, we think of hatred of other people. We think of like people who are outside of the church. We think of people who are like of the world. We think of that kind of mindset. They don't have any religious background or anything like that. We think, oh, well, yeah, we, we, we go to church, therefore we just naturally love people. Cain killed his brother after doing what? Making a sacrifice to God. You ever thought about that? So Cain knew what worship was. He knew what religion was. But out of the evil in his heart, he didn't give God what God expected of him. He just gave God whatever he felt like giving. You can go back and read Genesis chapter 4 and look at the sacrifice that Cain gave to God versus what Abel gave to God. God favored Abel. God, God loved his sacrifice, accepted his sacrifice, but did not Cain's. And therefore, Cain was, his, his anger was kindled against his brother and he, and he killed him. He killed his brother. He knew what religion was, but he did not know what God's love was. And so it is possible to know religion, but to not know God's love. And so when we think about loving one another, we think about loving others. We, we need to understand that, you know, this love, this genuine love comes from God. It's not just being involved with it. It's a genuine love that God produces within us. John says that Cain, he was of the evil one. He was of the evil one. And what did he do? He murdered his brother. He didn't love his brother. The wicked hated the righteous. And that's why he says in verse uh, 13, don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. Earlier in chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, we see this it's about don't love the world, but love the things of God. We see this contrast of loving the world versus loving God. We as Christians are not to be surprised that the world hates us, that the world has hatred toward us. Why? Why are we not to be surprised at this? Well, the world hated Jesus, right? The world hated Jesus. The world hates his followers. The worlds hate those who follow Christ. And so we, we shouldn't be surprised by that. But we should be surprised if we see in the church hatred for one another. Because that either shows, that shows a lack of understanding of the love of God. And so if, if there are people in the church who do not love one another, that should surprise us. When I'm talking about love, I mentioned earlier, it's not a superficial love that I'm talking about. It's not just kind of a surface level love like you just kind of love people. It's, it's a genuine, particular kind of love that you love people as God loves people. Those who are marked by hatred of others do not love God and they abide in death. Look at verses 14 and 15. We know that we have passed out of death into life because why? Because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love, whoever has hatred, abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. 
Think about that. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 about in the Sermon on the Mount about hating others, being angry with others, having hatred toward your brothers. It's, it's just like committing murder. When you have hatred in your heart for other people, you, you, you're not showing them the love of God. And you're, you're basically trying to destroy them of life with your hatred. And so having hatred of others. And so when we think of hatred of others, sometimes we think of just this like, Really cruel, anger, just kind of mean. You know, we think of that kind of hatred. But really, when we think about hatred of one another, it really ranges from that extreme to just apathy toward people. Not really caring about people. Like, ah, I don't really care about that person. If that person, you know, died, like, wouldn't really affect my life. I don't really care. If something happened to that person, like, well, sorry. Do you, do you feel that way toward people? Do you feel toward that, that way toward people in the body of Christ? Do we have apathy for, other, for the other people? Or do you have a genuine love for those who are in the body of Christ? Because just not caring about people is really just showing hatred toward them. Verse 14 says that we can know that we have crossed from death to life, that we have life. Because why? Because we love the brothers. Because we love one another. Because we love the body of Christ. And again, loving other Christians doesn't make you a Christian, right? Loving other Christians doesn't make you a Christian. But it, as a Christian, the, the, it's the fruit of your life. The fruit of your life will be this God-like love that is produced in you by the Holy Spirit. So as you're abiding in Christ, as you're with the body of Christ, God will produce in you a love for other people. A genuine, deep, sincere love for one another. And so I ask you, are you loving one another? Do you love others? Do you love people in general? Do you love people? Lost people, saved people, and especially those in the household of God. Do you love other Christians? Not like, oh yeah, I love them, you know, but like, do, you, do you genuinely love one another? Do you have a deep, genuine love for the people of God? So true Christians love one another. Another characteristic about this love is that true Christians love sacrificially. True Christians love sacrificially. Look at me at verse 16. By this we know love. Alright? By this we know love. That He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So what does that say that love is? Love is sacrificial. By this we know love. That He laid down His life for us. He, talking about Jesus. That Jesus laid His life down for us. Jesus was the ultimate, sacri- ultimate example of love. He showed us what it means to love people, and He calls everyone to follow His example of love. He showed love by giving Himself as a sacrifice for sin. That's how Jesus showed His love for us, by giving Himself as a sacrifice, by laying down His life for us. And so that's what love is. That's what true Christian love is, is laying your life down for the glory of God and for the good of others. True Christian love is laying your life down for the glory of God and for the good of others. That's exactly what Jesus did. He laid his life down to pay the penalty for sin, to glorify God and for our good. You love sacrificially just as Jesus loved. Sacrificial love involves meeting the basic needs of others, even at your own expense. Even at your own expense. Look at verse 17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need 
yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? That, that phrase, the, the, world, the world's goods, it goes back. It's, it's the, in chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, talking about loving the world. You know, with all that's passing away, the lust of the, the, lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the, the pride in one's possessions, or the love of stuff, the love of the world's stuff. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. So if you have the world's goods, if you have means, if you have the ability to bless someone else and to help them, yet you're stingy with your stuff and you don't help other people, you're not extending love toward other people by helping those in need, how can the love of God abide in you if you're hating your neighbor? How, how can it? Sacrificial love means meeting the basic needs of others. You see people every day who just need something. Maybe it's something as simple as you see somebody who's really discouraged and maybe you're really encouraged that day. And it's offering that encouragement to someone to help them, not just to boost their confidence, but to, but to help them see the love of God, the joy of Christ that you have in your life. Maybe you see somebody whose car is broken down on the side of the road and, and you're, maybe you're with your mom or dad and you're like, hey, can we help them? They look like they're in trouble. They need some help. Maybe you're at the grocery store and the person in front of you, maybe their, their bill came to $21 and... and you have 20 bucks. They only have 20 bucks and you had an extra dollar in your pocket. And you just, hey, here you go. Let me help you out. Just showing the love of God through things you, not for your own glory, but so that God can be seen through you. Right? Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and glorify God who is in heaven. So loving sacrificially. It's, it's meeting the others, needs of others. <clears throat> but also, it's, sometimes it comes at a cost. Think about the Good Samaritan. You know, when, when the, the, the Levite passed by, the priest passed by, and this Samaritan man, right? The Jews would have seen that as a, as a really disgusting, dirty, no good man. He helps this guy who had been beaten up by robbers, right? <clears throat> he takes the man, takes him to this inn, and says to the innkeeper, Hey, pull out my wallet. Here you go, let me swipe my debit card. All right, you don't need that. That's it. That's, you don't need that. Anyway, he takes out his debit card, swipes it, and he's like, Hey, just... Put the car on the tab, right? Yeah. He said, hey, if, here's some money. If you need anything else, let me know. It cost him money. It cost him his time. It probably cost him a little bit of reputation. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time it cost you to love somebody? It's easy to love people like you. It's easy to love people who think like you do. It's easy to love people that go along with what you go along with. When's the last time it actually cost you to love somebody? Maybe somebody who didn't agree with you. Maybe somebody who believes something different than you. Maybe somebody who's nothing like you. When's the last time it cost you to love someone? John gave the example of having the world's goods and neglecting others' needs. Do you sacrificially give for the sake of others? Do you maybe withhold something from yourself? You know, I've got five dollars. I'm not going to go buy a milkshake from George's because I'm going to go give this to because I know somebody who really just needs this. Maybe it's something like that. Do you, you sacrificially give for the sake of others? Or do you just ignore them thinking somebody else will help them? Going about your life. And it's easy to love people in general. When you think about big capital P people. It's easy to love people. You go, yeah, I love people, man. I read this quote and I, it was really convicting to me. Loving everybody in general may be an excuse for loving nobody in particular. Loving everybody in general may be an excuse for loving nobody in particular. So I may, I may go, man, I love you guys. 
And then I have no relationship with you. I don't really, you come to me and I'm like, oh yeah, I love you. And I just kind of move on about my way. That's not showing love. Or you need something, you come to me with something and I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll, we'll get to that later. And I just push you off, push you off, push you off. Would that really be love? Or your parents are like, hey, we love our family. And yet you never do anything with your family. It's easy to love people at large, but it's harder to love people in particular. And so do you love people? Do you love particular people? Individuals? It's sometimes it's hard to do that. But God has called us to love people, to show love for others. You may have this general love, but do you have a love for people? John says in verse 18, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Let's not just talk about how we love people. Let's actually show that we do love people by how we live our lives. Let's not just say this, but let's do this. Real love, the love of God that we are to emulate, always results in action. So real love, the love of God that we are to emulate, always, always, always results in action. John 3.16, everyone of you know this verse. For God so loved the world that He talked about sending His Son, right? No, for God so loved the world that He gave His Son. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his own love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ told us, he, Christ died for us. It was an action. God gave his, he gave his son. Christ died for us. So let me ask you this again. Do you love people? Do you love people as Jesus loved people? Do you talk about, do you just like, yeah, I love people in general, yeah? Or do you, do you genuinely love people? And when you see needs, do you do, you do your best to try to meet these needs? It's, now, now, Christianity is not just humanitarian, trying to make the world a better place. Now, we are trying to make the world a better place, right? But it's not just about like doing good things, being nice to people, making people happy, this and that. That's not the goal. The goal is to love people. So that they can know the love of God. So they can know who God is and have a relationship with Him. And so do you love people as Jesus loved people? How did Jesus love people? He came. He showed them who God was. He died for their sin. He laid His life down for the glory of God and for the good of others. Do you show people that you love people? Do you show people that you love God by how you love them? Are you willing to lay your life down for the benefit of others and for the glory of God? And then lastly, true Christians, true Christians, they love one another. They love sacrificially. They love obediently. They love obediently. Throughout the Gospel of John, so John wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. He also wrote the Gospel of John. So that's easy to figure out who wrote that. Throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus says over and over that those who love Him will keep His commandments. So if you love God, you will keep His commandments. You don't keep His commandments in order to earn God's love, but because you love God, you will keep His commandments. Obedience leads to assurance. Obedience leads to assurance. Verse 19 says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before Him. And if you skip down to verse uh, 22, it says, And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. Verse 24, Whoever keeps His commandments abides in God and God in Him. 
So keeping God's commands proves that we love God. We can have assurance of our salvation. You can have assurance of your faith in God by keeping His commandments. Keeping God's commandments, it doesn't earn you salvation, but if you truly love God, you will obey His commandments. That's what Scripture says. As you truly love God, you will obey His commandments. I truly love my wife. Therefore, she asked me to do something. Guess what? I do it. Why? Because I love her. I don't do these things to try to earn her love, but because I love her, therefore, I do what she asks. As we love God, if we truly love God, you're going to do what He has commanded you to do. And what is His command? Verse 23 makes this very clear. And this is His commandment. What's His commandment? That we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us. His command is this. Believe in Jesus Christ and love one another. I was reminded of, as I was studying this, Matthew 22. The greatest commandment when this guy came up and said, Hey, Jesus, you know, out of all the commandments, what is the greatest commandment? What did Jesus say to him? The greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, mind, and strength. And second, it's just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so we see the greatest commandment is summed up in love. Loving God and loving people. And they work together. As we love God, we will love people. Right? As we love people, we're proving that we have a love for God by our love for others. Living in obedience to Christ's commands is the fruit of abiding in Him. As you abide in Christ, your life will produce love for one another because Christ in you is producing love for other people. As you abide in Christ, you will keep His commandments. And as you keep God's commandments, you can have confidence that you're abiding in Him. You can know that you know Him. You can know and have assurance of your faith and your salvation in Jesus Christ by keeping His commandments. Because the more you love God, the more you will obey God. As we obey God, our wills are conformed to Him. Our wills are conformed to His wills. Our desires are conformed to His desires. Our lives are conformed to His. And so that is verse 22 says, whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Why? That's not saying that we can go ask for anything we want and God's going to bless us with any and everything we ask for. But as we're abiding in Him, as we're loving God, His, our, our, our lives are being lined up with God. Our wills, our desires, our thoughts are being lined up with what pleases God. And so therefore, when we ask God for things, they're going to be things that line up according to His will, right? And this happens through the process of sanctification, of being made into the image of Christ. God working in our lives through the Holy Spirit to make us more like Him. Becoming more like Christ. God is sovereignly working in our lives to make us more like Christ. And we have a responsibility to obey His commands. To walk in obedience to Him. To love others obediently. Being obedient to God's commands. Loving others as Christ has loved. Go back to verse 23. This is the commandment. That we believe in the name of His Son Jesus... And love one another just as He has commanded. There are two things that we see about God's commandment. Two things that we're to do. Have right belief about Jesus Christ. Which John was very concerned about these believers. Making sure they knew the right things about Jesus. Believe the correct doctrine about Jesus Christ. Make sure your beliefs are correct about Jesus. There are a lot of people who want to love people. They want to love Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. So as we love God, make sure you're loving God according to how He's revealed Himself. 
Not your image of God. Not your imagination. We love God. We know the truth about Jesus. And we have right belief about Jesus. Which leads to right living. Which leads to obedience to God's commands. And we have genuine love for other people. So knowing, believing in Jesus Christ. And loving other people. Loving other believers. A deep, genuine love for others. Being obedient to God's commands is how we know God abides in us. God gives us assurance through His Holy Spirit who abides in us. You see that in verse 24. As we grow in our love for and our knowledge of God, we will grow in our obedience to God. All right? So as you're growing in your knowledge of God, as you're studying His Word, you're growing your knowledge, you're, you're learning who God is, it ought to lead you to love God more. To love God. To want to worship Him. To want to abide in Him. To have a stronger fellowship with Him. And this lead, should lead to a growing obedience to God and His commands. When we talk about loving one another, it really seems like an easy command, right? Just love people. Because it just seems like an easy thing to do. We, we all often talk about loving people. But the love of God is different from the love the world portrays. So the world says that love is just easy. Love is based on feelings. Love is just you, you want, you do, however you, whatever you define it as. God has showed us His love. He's revealed to us what His love is. And so as we think about the marks of a Christian, about love, true Christians love one another. They don't hate their brothers. True Christians don't hate their brothers and sisters in Christ. We can expect the world to hate us, but we ought to not hate one another because that shows we don't know the love of God. True Christians love others sacrificially. And this isn't always a comfortable kind of love. Sometimes loving others sacrificially will mean it will cost you something. If you have love for someone else, it may cost you a friendship. It may cost you something that's important to you. But we ought to model the love of Christ that He modeled for us by laying down His life for us. We ought to love others sacrificially, just as Jesus loved us. And true Christians love obediently. You cannot live in disobedience and say you love God. Because if you truly love God, you're going to obey His commands. The one who loves God will keep His commands. So as we think about love, as we think about what it means to love God, what it means to love one another, love, true, genuine, deep, God-like love is a marker of a Christian. And so as John is encouraging himself, encouraging these believers throughout this, this, this letter is, is to examine yourself. Test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Because there were people who were not. There were people who were leaving the faith, leaving the fellowship. And each of us need to test ourselves. John gives us a very clear letter so we can have assurance of our salvation, assurance of our faith in God. And so examine yourselves according to the Scripture. Test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Love God. Love others. Love others as Christ is loving. Let God work in your life to make you more like Him and you will grow in your love for Him and love for others. Let's pray together.